Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of From Dial Square to Where, the Arsenal Twitter podcast. This is the audio of the live show from Wednesday 23rd of October's show. The great guests were Alex from Canon Fodder TV, Glenn DITM, now of AFTV, and Stan, a Londoner who now lives in Vancouver, at at StanTheMan68 on Twitter. The best viewer on the night was Ryan from the Mr. Arsenal podcast and he joined us on the panel. We had to tackle the issues surrounding the head coach hashtag Emery following the horror show at Sheffield United and everything that goes with it. Please like, subscribe and hit the notification button on the From Dial Square to Wear YouTube channel and please rate 5 stars on iTunes and Spotify etc. Get in touch with me on email which is from dial square to wear at gmail.com or on Twitter which is at from dial square. Thank you and enjoy the show. This is Dawn. Welcome to the latest episode of From Dial Square to Wear, the Arsenal Twitter podcast, which incidentally contains adult content which is definitely not suitable for young children. Please like and subscribe and leave a five-star review. It really helps. Also, please be sure to visit the YouTube channel and subscribe to that. We have a brand new show, You Can Be The Star, the most interactive Arsenal show, where the twist is the viewer who entertains us the most on the night can join us live on the panel to air their opinions. We have great guests weekly. We've had Kevin Campbell, who was absolutely brilliant. That's still available to watch. And we also have more excellent guests lined up, which is very, very exciting. Thanks for listening. Treacle? People keep asking if I'm back, and I haven't really had an answer. But now, yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. From Dull Square to Where, the show for Arsenal fans all over the world. <laughs> what the hell was that? <laughs> oh, yeah. if, you, if you know, you're no good. Oh, okay. Go on. Right. We've got a debutante tonight, so make him feel very, very welcome, everyone watching, everyone on the panel as well. It's Stan the Man, all the way from Vancouver, the groover from Vancouver. How you doing, man? <laughs> <laughs> Good afternoon. That's a hell of an introduction. <laughs> Welcome. It's nice to have you on board, mate. Thank you. Hopefully, uh, it is the first time, but hopefully not the last. Anyway, well, we'll see how it goes. I shouldn't we'll say see. that. You might, you might be glad. You might be glad that I'm uh, short of me by the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Now, 
The other two people on the panel tonight probably need no introduction. You've probably seen them a million times before. Alex from Cannon for the TV, the great other channel that's out there in the world. How you doing, Alex? Pretty good. Pretty good. Like I said, it's been a bit busy uh, week on or so. so I my wife is going to Columbia uh, tomorrow, my daughter's birthday. So it's been uh, very, very busy. But I'm yeah. happy to be back on the channel, Andrew. Cheers, yeah, mate. No, you're very welcome. And uh, thanks for coming along. No uh, I know we're going to have to lose you a bit earlier tonight because of what's going on. So thanks for coming on anyway. And uh, Glenn, how are you Hello. doing? Hello, I wish my wife was going to Columbia, but she's not. At least we've got a sense of humor in these dark, dark, dark times, right? Oh my God, yes. Oh my God. Well, you probably know exactly how I'm, I'm feeling at the moment. We'll all come on to how we're feeling, I'm sure, in uh, no time at all. So we're going to push things along a little bit quick today because of uh, obviously losing you a bit earlier, Alex. So I'll go to you first. What's your first port of conversation today then, right, Alex? Well, this, 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 this is a tweet I actually um, snapped up uh, late yesterday. And um, I won't call out the, uh, the, 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 the the Twitter or the twit or whatever it is. And he says, um, what a, a clown, ha ha ha. Iwobi was good in that game. He has had better performances for Arsenal, though. Uh, he is our uh, acad academy um, product. We'll always want him to do well. And someone has responded by Iwobi. Ha, 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 Absolutely shite. Thank God we got rid of him. Yeah, sorry about that, Alex. I, didn't mean, I shouldn't have put that public, should I? <laughs> 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 no, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> well, no, oh, it was no. you then? No, no, no. I, no, I, was, no. I was just wondering. You know, I, <clears> I'm not sure about the history of us selling our worst players uh, to Everton but we got rid of um, a Walcott I think mm. at the, maybe at the right time and Iwobi's got over there as well he's got two goals so far for, for mm. Everton mm. more I than Pepe I'm saying nothing <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't no. me <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not having a dig at Pepe I'm, I'm a big fan I'm a big yeah, fan yeah. but um, it appears as though he's not lit up um, Everton um so far, but all I can say is I wish him all the best. Um, and um, I was actually surprised when we got rid of him in the last transfer window. But again, I wish him all the best. Has he mm. been shite? I don't think so. I, don't oh, think I, so. I, um, I always liked the Wobi, but I wasn't sorry to see him go. I caught that last Everton game. I saw Theo Walcott getting a lot of love from the Everton fans. That made me feel good. I was like Theo. But, uh, you know, I, we haven't given Ever Everton anybody that I miss. Sorry, sorry. But, <laughs> <laughs> mm. okay, why, why were you happy that we got rid of him? I like, no, no. Well, Wobi, I wasn't happy. I was. I should have said surprised. Yeah. But uh, if getting rid of a Wobi got us Pepe, then, you know, and, oh, God, I opened that can of worms. Uh, but, you know, I, I'd rather have Pepe than a Wobi. Well, definitely, definitely. I mean, I, I can't say I was too uh, to see him go because I think that I mean he, he played over a hundred games for Arsenal, and um, I think we saw pretty much. He, he, I'm sure he can improve a little bit more, but I don't think that he's going to get much better than he is now. And I, I, as good a player as he as he is, and uh, I loved his. 
passion for the club and we all felt probably a little bit emotional when we saw that video that was put out well after he'd left when he you know he was a little kid at Arsenal and everything and uh, he saw his sort of growth throughout um, his life at Arsenal so you know it's always a shame but it happens and uh, you know I don't think he was ever going to be good enough to take us to where we want to be as a club yeah. however I don't think uh, Emery was wanted to get rid of him I think he was sold out from underneath him but and same with the Mkhitaryan. I don't think he wanted to let either of them go, but it was taken out of his hands. And yeah, I think... I with the Wobi, I always felt literally it was just the end product. If he, if he gave mm. us more in the final foot and maybe scored more goals, mm. I think maybe he would have still been with Arsenal. But I just kind of felt that when he was on the ball, it was like a, a, a buzzing bee in a small box. He was like, I think he'd just calm himself down, you know, make the right choice. And more often than not, he would make the wrong choice. But I think... It was just the final third. His his end product wasn't yes what we were uh, looking for. It was take us to the next level. I'd Sorry, love I, no. I just wanted to hear what the Groover from Vancouver thinks about yeah, yeah. Obi. <laughs> just well, the Groover from Vancouver feels exactly the same as Andrew. <laughs> to be fair, I think that Mikitarian and Awobi were taken away from uh, Emery by the board. Um, and I think if Emery had had his way, I think he kind of looked at um, Emery and Mkhitaryan as a security blanket. And mm. um, by having Emery moved, it's kind of forced his hand to elevate some of the young guns. And I think that was a great move by the board to do that. Um, you know, people are talking about, you know, who's going to be the next manager, blah, blah, blah. But whoever the next manager is, they've got to work under this board because that's how it is now. You know, yeah. you don't have a manager. We have a, we've got a head coach. And the board will supply him with the tools to, to get the job done. Obviously, he's going to have a say and have suggestions. But I like the way that the board are making these moves and forcing the head coach to, to play some of his other players. Yeah, me too. And I, I, hopefully, Xhaka next. Hopefully, yeah. Xhaka in January. <laughs> oh, know, just take the, take the option of Emery picking him away. <laughs> so, yeah. so I, I was thinking, I was hoping that he was going to go off in his maternity paternity leave and that would no. again you know cool his hand that was only ever because of the international break that was only ever for Switzerland to, to talk about Stan's uh, point he just made, how sad is it? Last game, I heard that uh, Xhaka had one more yellow before he suspended. And for 30 seconds, I was like, get one more yellow next game. But of course, you know, that, that wouldn't right. be right. But uh, we're stuck with him, man. We're stuck with Xhaka for however long Emery's going to be here, man. Every, everybody's saying it. You know, it's, it, we're, Xhaka and Emery are, are kind of a package deal. But can I, can I just wow. say something before we move on to, to the next person's tweet? A lot of people have been saying that um, Emery's made a rod of his own bat because he's, he's, he's made Shaka as the captain, but he was taken off. In a yeah, yeah. He took, he took him off because of the yellow card, Alex. Great point. Yeah, but he took him off. So no one is, is you know, how can you, how can you say it? No, nobody's, no, no player's um, place is safe, even the captain. And can I ask you a question about that? Before, so mm. yeah, of course. Could I ask Thanks. you a question about that? Because I was down the pub watching that game, and when mm. he took Xhaka off, I had so many people say, "Oh, at last the pennies dropped." Nah. So, do you think when he took Xhaka off, that was some kind of an epiphany moment for the manager, or do you think it was something that was completely? No, it's because he didn't, want him to, he didn't want him to get another yellow card. Yeah. 
<laughs> Good point. Um, you know, as as far as Jaka coming off at halftime, I think it was just Emery doing what he got away with so much last year. A shitty starting 11, and then he tries to fix it at halftime. Uh, that, that's, uh, that's what it appeared to me to be like, where he... I mean- Go ahead. Did you see him run, literally run 20 yards out just outside our penalty area and just shove someone to the floor? Yes. It weren't, yes. Long, after, it weren't long after that. He was so lucky he didn't get booked for that. And that's what um, that's what Emery saw. And he didn't want him to get another booking. That's the only reason he took him off. Well, that, that makes sense. I'm not arguing with you. Stop yelling at me. <laughs> no, you, you yell at everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Look at me. We got we got a new person here, and you're yelling at me. And <laughs> you'll get used to it, Stan. <laughs> well, maybe yeah, not. Definitely. Welcome to my house. <laughs> anyway, anyway, Stan, what's uh, let's move on to your uh, subject matter, shall we? Um, I've got one here, and this one's from uh, Darren Arsenal One, and he says on Twitter. He will play Tierney and Bellerin Thursday and say it's too much for them to play weekend as well. Mm. And on the weekend, we will see the same dross we saw last night. Players who can't cross a ball, a midfielder, a midfield who can't play forward or balls through the lines. Mm. And um, I kind of agree with that because when I saw the starting lineup against Sheffield, again, it was almost like that you could almost hear a collective groan across social media at the omission of Kieran Tierney. Oh, yeah. You know, the manager had said only just before that that he was fit and ready to go. But then afterwards, when I was looking around on social media, it seemed that his reasoning for leaving him out was, well, Kolosinac's done nothing wrong. And I was thinking, well, at the beginning of the season when Callum Chambers played for a couple of games, he done nothing wrong. Mm-hmm. And he was moved out of the way to let, you know, to make space for David Luiz. So I'm not sure sometimes when he says things and what he does seem to be two different things because I don't understand why we are playing uh, players in the Europa League like Tierney and Holding and we're going to get stuck in that cycle now because the next league game is going to be on Sunday. Mm. And like the tweet says, you know, are we going to rush, are we going to let Kieran Tierney's come back from an injury, play double, you know, do a double bubble in a week, play two games on the spin? Is he going to do that with Holding? So... Yeah. Well, he did that with Saka, didn't he? Saka played in had a great game in the uh, on Thursday in Europa League, and he gave him his debut in the Premier League on the Sunday. So it's not beyond the realms of possibility, but it's highly doubtful with um, with with the fullbacks because of um, the severity of their injury. Well, obviously not so much Tierney. His, his injury obviously was completely different, but with Bellerin, if he plays holding. It's highly doubtful they'll play on Sunday. Um, he, Andrew, he said Tierney was healthy for the game and he didn't yeah. play him. You know, know. It, it just doesn't make any sense whatsoever to me. Someone asked me yesterday, what lineup would you like to see on Thursday? I said, whatever fucking lineup gets our best 11 in when we go back to the Premier League. Because I'm worried, like Stan, that he's going to start Tierney and Bellerin, mm. you know, and we're going to wind up with Chambers and Kolasinac when we go back to the Premier League. It frustrates me massively, and it just shows you that Emery is the only person in world football that would prioritise a Europa League group stage game over the Premier League. And because what I said a few moments ago about you know we've got this board now that provide that provide the tools for the head coach, 
from what I can see, he's not using those tools. You know, we paid good money for TNA. We played, you know, Celtic, they made a stance to their music and we had to pay 25 million as a lump sum. Mm. Um, we paid good money for Torreira as well. And he's just got this way of picking the players that he wants. And surely if the board are running things, they're not going to be happy shelling out this money and then seeing these players being rotated in cup games or sat on the bench like Torreira. They can't be happy with that. Well, uh, no one's happy with it apart from Emery, are they? Really? <laughs> let's be. Let's face it. No fans are happy that Torreira ain't playing, and he's the only person. I've been. I've, I've put this out yesterday. Obviously, I don't know if you may not have heard it yet, but this, I, I just had to have a rant, and <laughs> I made a podcast out of it yesterday, and I couldn't help myself because it just everything had to come out because <laughs> it's just so frustrating that. You know, just as a, a small sample size, that he's the only person in the world that can't see that Torreira should be sitting in front of the back four. And mm-hmm. he's not a number 10, for God's sake. You know, there's so many things you could just go on and on and on and on about what... Actually, it'd be so much easier to say, what does Emery do correctly? And, and Because I can't think of much, to be perfectly honest. If you wanted to tell me what what's bad about Emery, then you can go on all night. That's the problem. And I've got my just quickly go on to my last, uh, my first tweet here while I'm at it. Wenger versus Emery, the last 45 games of Wenger versus <laughs> the first 45 games, sorry, 47, I beg your pardon, of Emery. Have you seen that at all? Yeah. Let me read that out. So Wenger's last 47 games, Emery's first 47 games. Um, wins, Wenger 26, Emery 25. Goals scored, Wenger, 90, Emery, 86. Goals conceded, Wenger, 59, Emery, 63. Clean sheets, Wenger, 17, Emery, 10. Wow. That's pretty damning, isn't it? Really? Yeah. Because yeah. how badly everyone hated Monsieur Wenger and wanted him out. That's 47 games. That's more than a season, right? And but Emery has I mean that, that's just a tip of the iceberg by the way if you look at all the other stats that float around which you know it's hard to get your head around sometimes but they're all damning they're all damning yeah Emery's away record uh testing my old man memory six wins ten draws and eight losses that's his away record as Arsenal manager that's not good enough no uh, I, I got um, I got this one uh, tweet here, Andrew. If if it's my turn, is it my turn? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, um, uh, I can't read my own handwriting of who did it. Um, any Arsenal fan that is not Emery out right now does not know what they're talking about. Oh, yeah, I can't I can't uh, I can't read my own handwriting for who did. But it got like two hundred likes. <laughs> Sweet. Um, I'm not Emery out right now. Uh, I, you know, and I, I'm a little bit offended by that uh, tweet. If he, if he was fired tomorrow, I would not shed a tear, gentlemen. But I think that he needs to finish the year. Although it frustrates me because I know he likes to play with his, uh, he likes to play wide, but he sits tyranny, you know, against Sheffield United, and I don't understand, like you said, Andrew, what the f he's doing. Mm. Alright, so I'll Mark. put it out there. I, I think, are you guys uh, out right now? Alex, ain't are you, Alex? No, I said I'm going to put this out right now. That mm. most of you will probably know that I'm I'm not Emery out, and there's been talk about him being sacked, fired, or whatever. And my opinion is that the board, whoever employed him, has given him a three-year contract, not a one-year contract, 
not a two-year, a three-year contract. So it's a three-year project. We're not even one-third into the season and people are already calling out for the manager's head. I'm not an Emery out. I'm an Emery in. Okay, oh, jeez. I'm supporting, I'm, anyway, I'm, I'm supporting the club as well as supporting the coach. We want stability. We want to change. We've got change. Let's get behind the coach. Of course, he's not perfect. He's making errors and mistakes that is even pissing me off. And nobody can get into his head and understand why he's making those changes. There's talk about he doesn't know he's best 11. He knows he's best 11. Unfortunately, Tierney's just come back from injury. Bellerin's still um, off the pace. Lacazette just had a few minutes just the other night. Why he's not playing holding, I don't know. Why he's not playing Torreira, nobody knows. But one is one thing is for sure, if we don't give this guy time to do his project, which is a three-year project, what I'm scared about is that we're going to get into a cycle that we're going to sack him. Who are we going to bring in next? Then we're going to give him two years. We don't like what he's doing. We lose. We, we call for him to be sacked and we continue the cycle. The next coach comes in, gets rid of half of the squad, like Emery has done, and we continue the cycle. No, I don't, I don't think that's right, Alex. Uh, I'm sorry to butt in. I do. I, I am sorry, but go for it. But it, it's not down. The, the whole setup of the club now is such that it's not the man. It's not the head coach that comes in who's going to be choosing the players. We get a head coach to coach the players that he's given. So he, the new coach coming in, that's why we're setting up like this because this is a modern way a football club is run now. A head coach comes in to coach the players that he's given. It's not down to him anymore. We've learned our lesson with regards to Wenger of running the club from top to bottom. Of and course. the head coach is going to come in. If that's why we're not dependent on a coach now. It doesn't matter who comes in because none, none of that side of the business is down to him anymore. He's just got to get results from the players. And that is why the, the clubs like Watford and so on and so on are changing their managers and getting better and better and better all the time because... It's not affecting them in the back, uh, in the part of the club, because they're literally their job is to coach the players and get them to win football matches, and that's it. And with regards to his three-year contract, there is a break clause in after two. It's not an option that people thought. It's not an option of the third. It is a three-year contract, but it's got a break clause after year two. So we don't, we won't have to pay him at the end of this season. We can break that contract. All right, so so you're saying that you would get rid of him tomorrow, Andrew? Absolutely, I would. Okay. Because what, from what Alex, Alex, what you said, I I, I totally get and I, I totally and utterly respect your decision, and I, I would never mock you for it. I'd never run you down for it because that's your your opinion, and that's absolutely fine, and I respect you for it. But when you said, "Are we prepared to go round and round?" I can't remember your exact wording. But what I wanted to say there was, I'm more prepared for that than to put up with this turgid, gross football. Because I can't stand it anymore, Alex. I can't Andrew, stand watching it. Andrew, let, me you, let me ask you this question. For me, the, the, the game of, of last season was when we played against Spurs and we beat them 4-2. Uh, where I was almost in tears. Mm. Yeah, All right? Absolutely. So there's three, there's, there's three outcomes when you play a football game. Mm. There's a win, a draw, and a loss. You cannot expect Arsenal to win all the games. That is just part and parcel of 
of the football the, the, the football world. Three outcomes. You can't <laughs> expect them to hang on one second. You can't expect them to win all the games. Andrew, oh my god, I mean, I'm sorry. I just no, I just wanted to stand uh, since this is your first whatever you call these things it's not tag team just jump in there and yeah. <laughs> I, i've been di- i've been dying to hear if you're emery out right now or not i'm emery um i'm emery in but it comes with conditions um when he took over at the club i always said that i was going to give him to this christmas coming and I wanted to do that because we've got so many key players that are out injured and I see a lot of people online saying, look, you know, he needs time. He needs to get Tierney back into the team. He needs to get Bellerin back into the team. The centre of defence needs to be sorted. Maybe uh, Holding's going to come in and take a place. So my thinking is that come January, all of those players should be back and fully fit and have games under their belts. So if we get to January and I see that we're still getting our pants pulled down by lesser teams... (laughs) <laughs> he's, got to, he, he's, he's going to have to go, you know. And the way that I'm looking at it now is, I'm, I said that I would make my decision in January, but after that Sheffield uh, United game, Christmas might come a little bit early this year for Emery, where I'm concerned. And if it continues with the way that it is, with uh, like the game that I just saw with Sheffield United, he ain't going to like the present that I leave for him under the tree. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You could work in the corporate world here in the States, Stan. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm in. I'm in because, again, exactly what Alex said. The reason that I'm in is I, I don't think that – I think the job's too big for him personally. But I want him to succeed because whoever came in after Arsene Wenger, for me, had to be the man. For the simple reason that I don't want to see us go down the Man United route. And I said this the other day on the Arsenal fan circle pod. I don't want to see us chopping and changing. Not because the team's going to get broken up, because as Andrew says, you know, the next guy that comes in has to work under certain conditions now. But it's going to be the chopping and the changing, the new ideas, the new forms of play. Some players is going to fancy over others. And if it doesn't work out with that guy, then we've got to pay that guy off. And then we've got to get another guy in and start all over again. So I want Emery to succeed simply because I just want us to start laying a foundation now. But I do think... I do think that the job is way too big for him. He looks like he's been given a Formula One car and like he 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 just wants to go back and drive his Volvo. What difference would it make then regards to, you say, if you get a new guy in, it'll be too you know, different chopping and changing, getting used to new things. What difference is that than what we're doing at the moment? Because we never play the same team or the same formation from one week to the next. We adapt to the next opposition at the moment. We haven't got. I'm not giving until January to see if that's going to settle. Once he's got all of his tools back, I want to see if there's going to be some kind of uh, coherent plan. But I'm not holding my breath because, as you say, Andrew, every other week it's something different. I mean, it's you know it's like a Kinder egg. You don't know what's going to be inside it until you like you unwrap it and everything. And Mm. You know, we you look at games coming up, and when I looked at the Sheffield Wednesday, uh, Sheffield United game, I was like, okay, maybe this is going to be the game where I see Arsenal finally in the Premier League take a team and like take a game by the scruff of the neck, and let's bang out three, four goals. Let's see Pepe score a goal and maybe get a couple of couple of assists or a couple of goals and an assist. That's what I was hoping for. But inside, when I saw that team lineup, I thought to myself, we'll be lucky if we nick a draw. And yeah. 
Yeah. And I proved me wrong. We couldn't even go and do that. But that was my prediction, Stan. I thought it was going to be a draw. Because I predicted one all. Yeah, I, I said one one because we've been stuttering. There's still some players who are still trying to find their feet, and Una Una Emery still doesn't have his best eleven to hand. It's so always we're always waiting for something. That's the problem I've got. It's always oh well, wait till he's got this. Wait. Well, yesterday, or sorry, not yesterday, day before, he had he ha- he could have played his first choice back four. He could have done it, and he didn't. He didn't. Well, do I have a question to Alex. Like you just touched on something you said there. If Alex, when we get to January and and Tierney's back, fully fit, holding Bellerin, whether they're in the team or not, but if we get to January and all of those tools are ready to go and available and we're still having games like we had with Sheffield United, would you still be okay with holding on to the end of the season or would it be or would you be would you be happy to pull the trigger then just based on the manner of the performances if they're going to be like they were yesterday? Um I would wait until the end of the season. Still, yeah, it's, okay. it's, it's 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 a three-year project. And what about you, Glenn? Uh, me, uh, I for me, the ceiling has raised for Unai Emery. It's third place, or you get the hell out of here. Uh, and I disagree that we don't have a nice foundation for another coach. To use your car analogy, Stan, if we got another coach, it's like, hey, here's a awesome car just needs some new tires meaning midfield and, and, a, and a you know and a, and a little bit on defense uh i don't think that you know it's a blank canvas and you got to get half the guys out of here if we get a new coach and while i don't want to fire unai right now or at least until the end of the season i would be on the phone with allegra saying hey what are you doing man hey what's up you uh you like london you know what i mean i, I would just see what get get a little taste of what he's thinking right now because he's on holiday, I think, if I remember right. I'll just um, say something to IG as well, who's, who's watching. Um, he just uh, he thinks I'm, I was being disrespectful to Emery by calling him the head coach and not the manager. And it, the fact is, I'm not being disrespectful, IG. His title is head coach. When he came for the interview, he was told at that point... He would have to work with and coach the players that we've got. He came with a dossier of all the players, didn't he? Uh, from the under-23s and the first team and said, I can work with these people. And uh, IG, IG, you need, IG, you need to stay off social media because you're being called a lot worse things than head coach. So, yeah. Just, yeah. He factually is not the manager. He is the head coach. I just wanted to make that point anyway. Um, and he's also gone on to say, I hail Liverpool management and fans, much open-minded and understanding. You have every right of your opinion, but it won't take us any further forward. Well, I mean, they, it's, the difference between us and Liverpool and um, Manchester City, when they got Pep Guardiola and Jurgen Klopp, you could see from the first week, two weeks, months, when they were in position, they had a plan. They had a way of playing and they set about taking out the team, the people that didn't fit into their way of playing and going systematically, replacing them with people that fit their system. We've got nothing like that. We haven't got a system. We're 18 months down the line. We still do not know how we play football from one week to the next. We cannot say... We can't, no one can predict the lineup. No one can predict how we're going to play because he bases our former play on our opponent. 
it's completely different. And if I was a Liverpool fan, I'd be very open-minded and understanding at the moment as well, IG, because I wouldn't have anything to complain about. Not one thing. I'd also make a comparison there. Um, Brendan Rodgers over at Leicester. Mm, he's, yeah, been in exactly. there. he's only been in there five minutes and he looks to have his feet right under the table. Right exactly. Minutes. Yeah. Oh my God. Don't get me started on Brendan Rodgers. When we no. were looking, when we, no, no, when we were looking for a new manager before Unai Emery, I kind of like Brendan Rodgers. I threw a little tweet out there. I was massacred. Arsenal fans can be very snobby about who they yeah. want as manager. Exactly. And sometimes it yeah. costs us. He does. All right. He's got a funny personality. And I do I do call him like he's like a David Brent sometimes. <laughs> yeah, that David Brent way about him. But tactically, yeah. I mean he went up to Celtic, right? And I've lived in Edinburgh. And if they didn't like him, they would have run him out. They're like hey. they don't take they don't take fools easy. And he settled in up there and I like what he's doing at Leicester. And like you, Glenn, when I when I mentioned his name when we were looking for a revenge <laughs> I got slaughtered. Yeah, I was like, stop he hitting me. I'm sorry. Jesus. The thing is, though, he's improved since he left Liverpool. I think he's a better manager. And he's learnt not to be so David Brent in front of the cameras either. The only the only worst reaction you got is if you said, I wouldn't mind Arteta as uh, Arsenal coach. And and now, you know, I, half the people on Twitter are saying, I like, I like Arteta replacing Unai Emery. Yeah, so fickle. Because he makes the tea for Pep. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't get that about Arteta personally. I really don't get the clamour for Arteta, even though he's been working underneath Pep Guardiola. That's not, he's not got any coaching experience of actually running a team. He isn't. He's the assistant, but he, people say that Brady Jungberg. Oh no, he ain't got any any experience. Well, he's got more experience than Arteta, much more. You know. Anyway, let's move on. Glenn. Yeah, I've got to take my leave. I've got to take my leave. But, no um, problem. Yeah. Guys, thank you for having me back on the, on the channel. Oh, Stand wonderful, Alex. Yeah. Alex, I'll and see just... you on Friday on your show, Alex. No worries. Yeah. Take care. See you later. Take journey to the to the yeah. Ah! And then it was three. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now i got to readjust my camera. All right. All right. Now you just got my big face in there. Okay. <laughs> I'm ready. Yeah. <laughs> now, I was going to have a quick chat about um, tweets. I was having a bit of a conversation. Actually, no, I'm going to go on to that a bit later. First things first, I'm going to change the subject and have something really nice to talk about. Because today <laughs> is the um, anniversary of, it, back in 1999, was when Nat Carnu scored the hat-trick against Chelsea in the last 15 minutes of the game. When we were two 0 down, do you remember that match? Oh, what a game! I was sat in a van. I was working for a company, and we had to go somewhere out in the countryside in England somewhere. And I remember we were coming back on in a van, and I had it on the radio, and I made them stop at an off license before we got on the motorway. <laughs> <laughs> so I had three, three pieces of pen and super, and oh, by the time I got home, I was mashed up. <laughs> Proper oh, mashed what a- up. Uh, that match lives long in the memory. I mean, the guy was magical. I loved him because he looked so ungainly the way he played football. But he, he was so skillful and um, incredibly popular back in the time. But I I loved the guy. And that match is probably, I'd say, probably my top, definitely my top 10, if not my top five matches, I reckon, for enjoyment. 
throughout my time of supporting Arsenal. I absolutely loved it. And I can't believe that that was back in 20 years ago. That was 20 years ago. And I've I've retweeted some highlights of the match today and it brought back some some really nice memories, to be perfectly honest. I mean, Overmars created a couple of the goals for him. And, um, you know, when you look back at that team, I mean, it was just... That was... If I could go back in time, that would be such an exciting time to go back to as an Arsenal fan because that was just... We were just getting fan, absolutely bloody fantastic around that point, weren't we? I mean, Wenger had three years under his belt. And if we knew then what we had coming up in the next few years, I mean, I thought at that point, in 1999, I thought at that point, I still couldn't quite believe the football I was watching as an Arsenal fan. And if you could, I mean, if you could know what was going to come up, even, you know, two or three years down the line, I mean, wow, that wow. So, so you're so miserable with what's going on right now. You're just sitting in the dark, looking at old highlights. I mean, I try not to do that kind of thing, you know. I was, not I was quite that bad. <laughs> I, was, I was watching some 80, 80s videos a little earlier today, remembering when I was single without kids. But I realized that wasn't very healthy. So. No, no, that's a whole new kettle of fish. That is, isn't it? So, I'm just, I'm just teasing you, Andrew. I'm just teasing. Oh, absolutely. You. I know you are. I know you are. But I, I mean, I G. What I just said about um, Arteta, I don't, I, I wouldn't mind put having Jungberg on a rolling contract personally, on a month-to-month contract. I wouldn't go whole f- two feet in like United did with Ole after a few good results. Is there and, any uh, precedent, Andrews? Is there any precedent for that? I have never heard any coach in any sport willing to accept that kind of deal. Well, it's, it's caretaker coach. Yeah. It's a caretaker. Right, got Stuart Houston in, do you remember? Okay, yeah. okay. I, I, I've never heard of that before. Okay, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Please go on with your point. I, I just, I wanted to understand what you were saying. When Ole got the job at United, he was a caretaker coach until they got a new coach, right? And he and had that, a rolling contract of month to month. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then, obviously, what it completely turned on its head and Rio Ferdinand got in the job, didn't he? <laughs> by slamming the contract on the table and saying, get him to fill it out himself. So, yeah, he got the job permanently then. But until that point, he was a caretaker manager. And that's what I would do with with uh, Jungberg if and when the board did pull the trigger on Emery. And um, I'd be really happy with that, just in the, in the interim, just to see how he got on, because I'd be really excited by what he could do. Because I think that he would just create I mean obviously the difference when Oli took over at Man United and this is not a Man United show so I'm not going to talk about that very often for much longer but the instant impact he had I genuinely think we'd get that from Jungberg and that might be all we need at this stage because the, the way I'm thinking is this season is so important to get back into the top four and I think we, it will be seriously seriously damaging financially if we don't uh, for the board and, and the club and there's a window of opportunity here this season to get into that top four with the way that our competitors are for the top four. We've got two places to play for, haven't we? Obviously, Liverpool and you know, and City are going to get the top two, we all assume. That means there's two left places left and there's us, Spurs, Chelsea and Leicester battling for those last two places. And if we don't get it this year, then... They, uh, no one can say that the, the other teams aren't going to strengthen next summer. And it, we could be really at the back of the queue, potentially. 
I, 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 I want Stan to answer, then I'll answer, because I've been talking too much. Um, what's the question? Well, who? Well, uh, how would you feel about L- Lundberg? Oh, Lundberg, yeah. yeah. If, if, um, if what I said about this, we come to January and we're getting spanked all over the place, then I would all be for hooking um, Emery at, in January and putting Freddie in, as Andrew says, as a caretaker, to the end of the season. And at the end of the season, we all regroup and we look at how Freddie's done for that end of the season. Do we give it to him on a, on a more of a permanent uh, contract? Or do we see who else is available? Who else is, who is a, you know, come in and take, take the job? But I think whoever we do get in, and we touched on this earlier, we're going to be... Um, we're not going to have all of the choices that we'd want. I see a lot of people asking for Mourinho, which I think would no. be that would just be poison in, as far as I'm concerned. Yes. But we'd never get him because he. do you think someone like Mourinho would come and work under the kind of constraints that we now put into a head coach? You know, he was. He would not have the kind of personality, I don't think, who'd be happy for, you know, Edu and Rausignelli and uh, Vinay calling the shots above him. He likes to call the shots. So I just don't think that's the sort of manager that we get. No, no. He, he wouldn't come in as a head coach. He wouldn't be a full-time, you know, full manager. Just, just, just to interject just slightly, IG, if you're still watching, can you put a little note in the comments box, please, uh, as quickly as you can? Right. Um, as, as far as Lundberg goes, I, I think that you you tell him yes. If we got rid of Emery tomorrow, which I am against, uh, I think Lundberg would have to come in. No, you know, Allegri, any shit like that, because we want to keep that youngsters' progress going. Our youngsters are, are, you know, have me the most excited this season, even with all these shitty games like the last one. And to keep that continuity, you know, get Lundberg in there to replace Emery. If you have to fire Emery tomorrow to you know what i'm saying guys is to so the younger players progress keeps going because they worked with him mm. i i mean every, you know what i want to happen but i i don't think that uh, the yes ball... i know you want emery oh, fired tomorrow and and you want uh lundberg to have a day-to-day contract depending on how Kronke feels yes i know I, yeah, but what I'm, the point i'm trying to come to is what do i actually think that the board are going to do and uh, People say that we're not a firing club. We're not that type of club. But since summer 2018, we're a new club. We're a different club with with 100% owners. We don't fully know what type of club we are anymore. And I think they've shown that they are quite ruthless. Well, didn't we force Fanger out of that last year? Or I don't think he... Yeah, we forced him out, right? We forced him out. He got got the sack. And it was the year... It was the summer he got... He left the club the uh, summer... Of the Cronkies takeover, 100% takeover. Was it a sack? I thought he said, uh, "No, I'm done." No, I, it no, wasn't. They, they wanted him to go, and right? They, but it wasn't officially a. It wasn't officially a firing, a sack. Uh, am he, I wrong? We he had. It was, a, it was a parting of the ways. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I love that. A parting of the ways. Yeah, I love. He weren't very happy about it. Was he? So, so what? My point is that. Whether Emery has a third year or not, if they force Wenger out, they're not going to say, oh, we're tied to Emery for another year. They're going to force him out if they don't like him. Well, this is a, this is the point I'm making. It, there's no way that it wasn't to do with, the you know, when they took 100% control of the club. And it's no coincidence that Wenger left that summer. So I, I do honestly think that they have got the ruthlessness. But how quickly would they do it? I think that 
it could possibly be by around Christmas time, personally. I don't think it'll be any sooner than that at all. Unless we go and lose to Crystal Palace and then, you know, maybe lose the next... Because our run-up until uh, December is, is the easiest we've got in the whole season, match-wise, in the Premier League. If we haven't done enough by Christmas, because we all know how difficult the Christmas period is, if we're not in the top four reckoning by then, then he will definitely be gone. Uh, one thing, one thing that, and sorry, one quick thing, Stan. One thing that Monday taught me, Andrew, is there is no easy schedule anymore. Anything can happen at any time. Go ahead, no. Stan. No, well, not I was say that, um, quite recently, within the last couple of weeks, wasn't there a Q&A session up at the uh, stadium with yes. Ranieri? And I'm sure he, I read in some of the transcripts that he said, you know, that Emery does have targets and the target is, is to get back into the Champions League. So mm. the minimum, you know, the minimum requirement from Emery is, is, is fourth. So if we get to a point in the season uh, where it looks like we're not going to make the Champions League, they'll definitely be on the phone trying to get something in place. He won't get that third season, I don't think. That's his target and the board have basically said in public, this is what he needs to achieve. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, it's definitely um, the case that there is this um, the break clause and he knows that. So, I mean, technically, Emery knows that he's fighting for his job this year, whether he's going to get the third year or not. Now, we say, although the, the contract is technically a three-year contract, there's a break. So, he knows that um, he's living on a knife edge at the moment. But it, the comments that he made after that Sheffield United match. Oh, my God. We should have won that game. I couldn't believe he said that. I uh, could not believe it. It's it's, it's on a par with what you know, Granite Xhaka said after matches on occasions as well, isn't it, really? You know, Coming out and saying we're all scared and uh, and blah 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 and you know it's just it, the things he says just don't endear him to the fans, did it? Do they? Yeah, really? and I don't. I, I know sometimes there's a language barrier, but he was asked in the press conference, "Was that your best starting eleven today?" And he started talking about corner kicks. So <laughs> I, I don't. I don't know. No. You know what I mean, guys? I don't know. I don't know why I'm laughing. It's just embarrassing, really. Isn't it? <laughs> He was asked about the lineup, wasn't he? And they said yeah. that they asked him five times, and every time he just went to a different subject and wouldn't be committed on the uh, on the answer. But I also read as well that after the game, after that Sheffield game, um, Edouce waited uh, behind and spent yeah. 15 minutes with the away supporters. Ooh. So they, they definitely know what the feedback is. And you can imagine how the Templars must have been for those travelling fans to travel all the way up there oh to my God. in a pissing rain to see oh. that. And then he, you get asked right after the final whistle what your thoughts are. They probably didn't hold back. <laughs> no, no, I think that's genius, bro, Eddie. And that gives me comfort, to be perfectly yeah, honest. Yes, that's I didn't know that. that. That's part of his remit. He wants to know what the what the fans think. And, he, you know... As I understand it, it's, it's so through Edu is how we're going to lay down the DNA of how Arsenal looks out on the pitch. Mm, exactly. He wants to have the Barcelona and Ajax model where the, the under eights are playing the same type of football, technically, as the senior team. He wants yeah. to have it, the whole DNA running through the club. And he cannot be look, uh, happy with the way that we're playing football at the moment. Which is I, mean, I, feel, I feel people online saying, I don't even know what, I don't even know what Edu does. He just looks like he's really good at ironing because his shirts always are so white and crisp. Uh, oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> honestly, he's going to iron his own shirt. Yeah. All right, okay. Oh, my God. Social media can be so evil. Uh, uh, 
Well, I'll just seen on the comments section from Ryan, from the, the brilliant Mr. Arsenal podcast. Hi, that Ryan. That Chelsea have just nicked an away win to Ajax. And Ajax have won the last 10 games on the trot. They're on a real sh- shit-hot vein of form. And Chelsea have just beaten them away. You know, this is what I'm on about, about how desperate it is that we succeed this year. Because Chelsea are playing a lot better than I thought, you know. And we've got and Leicester. Leicester, we all know how good they are at the moment. And going back to what you said earlier, uh, Stan, about um, Brendan Rodgers. I mean, the only thing that put me off initially was purely that link that was going around about, you know, the David Brent thing. That put me off him. But you cannot say that he hasn't improved since he left Liverpool. Plus... What you said earlier is exactly what I was thinking earlier today as well, about when he went into Leicester, how long did it take him to turn that team around and get them playing his style of football? I'd say probably less than six weeks. It was almost instantaneous, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And so why? <laughs> this is so not. Oh, he's only been here with us 18 months. You know, I mean, for God's sake, you know, a week in football is a hell of a long time. Now, I used to play, you know, to nowhere near professional level, but a decent level when I was a kid. And that training when I was a kid, um, playing sort of um, the level I did, was made me sick on the side of the pitch. It was that hard. And when I was as fit as the dog, butcher's dog. And when I was training every day with them, you get to know with the manager, you get to know your teammates inside out very quickly. You know, and if he hasn't got to know his starting eleven yet, after 18 months, and I'm sorry, but you ain't the guy. And it doesn't take that long to actually get a, a team set up playing the way that you want them to play. It doesn't take that long. So I just worry a bit. And the, and the deep-rooted problems I've got with Emery is not just the... I keep having to reiterate this. It's not just down to the time he's had with Arsenal. When he was appointed, I didn't know very much about him at all. And I actually... I actually researched his background. Did you know what the most important thing is when you're researching someone's background within football? You read what the fans think about him because you you get the truth. You know, ignore what the media say about him and not everyone on the telly and blah, blah, blah and all the people he's played with in the past because they ain't going to say bad things about him. But if you actually research a guy by what the fans think about him, then that is, you get the truth. And not one club that he's ever managed before have got anything, you know, they, they feel no warmth to him. Even Sevilla, where he won the three Europa Leagues, they still hated his football. And that said everything to me. And that's the way I've been feeling since he got the job at Arsenal. And nothing I've, I've read or seen on the pitch, especially ever since he joined, has made me change my mind. And that's why I'm worried, because this is, this is Emery. He ain't going to change. He's played this side type of football all the way through his managerial career. Well, you know, Andrew, we're not that far apart. You want him gone now, and, and Stan, correct me if I'm wrong, but we want to wait until the end of the season. Uh, I, we just can't, we can't be reactionary. We can't. We, we need to. I know. Believe me, I don't want to stick up for Emery. I freaking hate it. I can't stand his football but we need to see him with Bellerin and Tierney and holding in there you know what I'm saying dude and and mm. and, and, and Caballos uh, 
Fuck Ozil. I don't care about Ozil. And after, you know, a little run of games like that, if he puts them in the starting 11, then we can say, all right, Lundberg, take over. Emery, get the fuck out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I just have to to really think about, um, I think it it might have been Ask Blog, the last podcast from Ask Blog, saying how critical it is for the club that we actually qualify for the Champions League this year. And that's the main thing I'm thinking about because I've got no loyalty whatsoever to Emery. I've got actually no loyalty to any single one of the players, but I've got loyalty to the club. And if it's going to be serious financial ruin for the club by not getting into the Champions League and it gets worse and worse and worse as the seasons progress because all our competitors around us are getting better and we're not, then that worries me. And I, I, I really want us to qualify for the Champions League more than anything because of the future security of the club. That's why I'm so passionate about it. I don't give a mind about Emery or the new manager that comes in, to be perfectly honest, as long as they do a good job for, for Arsenal. Because I don't want us to go and slip behind the scum up the road. You know, <laughs> we are. They've, they've, for the first time ever, they last season, they outperformed us financially. You know, and, and it's only going to get worse as the seasons progress if we don't... Um, qualified for the Champions League. I think I mean, you can see uh, how important that it is to the club as well that we get into the Champions League. And I think that's why we've got a lot of the players that we got in in the last window. All right, you know, we went big on Pepe. We didn't pay out the 72 in one whack, but we've committed to make those payments. Mm. And I'm also hearing that we're, when we try to get um, Dayot Upamancano from RB Leipzig, yeah, a buyout clause, hasn't he, in his contract, and his and um, his contract's running down now. And what I'm hearing is is that they're trying to get him to sign a new contract so that they can increase the buyout clause. He doesn't mm-hmm. want to sign a new contract, so Emery's going to go back there in the in the next window at Christmas in January, and we're going to go back with 40 million because it's mm-hmm. like 40 million. Otherwise, he can leave on a free. So, yeah. And if that if that's to be believed, then that shows you that by doing that bit of business in January, that it's really it really is vital to the club that we get back into the Champions League and we don't miss out and end up in the Europa League, you know, for next season. Yeah, and I, I I really thought that after we've made that bid in in the summer for for Upamecano, that um, Raúl ain't going to waste all that time. He's, there's no way he'll be working behind the scenes to get him in in January or. Summer and just briefly before we carry on, Stan Ryan Ryan Stan. Hi Ryan. This is uh, the guy. He's come on because he's been nice and active on the um, comment box. There, you may be able to see all the comments that he's been making. Um, <laughs> well, I, I haven't seen the I haven't seen the comments. Ryan, jump right in. Would you fire Emery tomorrow? What if- <laughs> Ryan no. sent me the funniest oh. picture of Unai Emery dressed as a clown yesterday. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, um, initially, as Andrew would know, I was on my channel straight after the game. And I was like two weeks, but yeah, I would have sacked him, sacked him now, today. Eddie was, Eddie, the thing is, Eddie was there as well. He was at the game because other people would come out and they'd photos of him afterwards outside on the way. But they're, they're watching Emery for, for fine two cone. And if they, as I said in the in the chat box, if, how long do that? How long does it take until they realise he ain't going to get them champions, meet their their minimum target of Champions League football? The sooner they realise that, get him out and bring someone in. 
that will get them, that they do have faith in it. Like the players will believe in it and, and actually understand what's going on. Because ex-players, like Alan Smith and all that, are saying they spoke to players and the players don't have a clue what's going on. No. See, there's all this... Don't know, they don't know what he wants. Does anybody? <laughs> no, I don't It's true, though, but you ask any of your friends, any of your friends down the pub, anyone you talk to online, what, what, what's, what's Emery trying to do? If you ask any football pundit that's paid to go on a TV and talk about football, they don't know what he's doing. You know, this is we, we don't know what he's doing. Hmm. Nobody seems to know what he's doing. I bet his missus doesn't know what he's doing either. <laughs> she goes, what the fuck is <laughs> It wasn't bad enough slamming him for 50 minutes. You had to kick him in the nuts there, Andrew. <laughs> I bet she did. The <laughs> no, but I, um, I don't think he... Uh, well, the problem is, when you're a young player um, coming into the, the first team, you can put yourself in their position when you're 18 years old. Right? You've got enough to sort of think about as it is but when you're actually changing your system week in week out and being asked to do this being asked to do that and you're being played out of position then of course you're going to get confused because you think and, and you can't understand him properly but when he's talking to you and i'm not being horrible when i say that because he, he speaks a good english and he speaks far better english than i do spanish obviously but i'm not knocking him for that but he is hard to understand and, no, and I, 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 going to Lindenberg, asking for what you know i know what, i get that dude i get that ryan i asked everybody that wants emery out yesterday can you hear me ryan who would you replace yeah. him with Odd. would you just put Lundberg in there the, if i was the board I'd put Lundberg in as a temporary basis. Okay. Give them, give, give, allow them, uh, allow them to have the time and not rush the next appointment. Because mm. if you take the, the risk is, yeah, we sack him, and then we, and we obviously rush away and get someone in, and it doesn't work out. As long as they take their time, there's more chance of it working out this time. Uh, can I say something on that just very quickly? Just very quickly. It's your show. <laughs> when, no, but when. Um, I, I totally. That's exactly the point I was I was making earlier about him coming in as a caretaker because I think we should make the appointment in next summer mm. uh, for the new manager. However, I hope it does turn out to be Freddie Youngberg. I really, really do. I want him to succeed if he becomes a new manager. However, what we can't do, like Ryan said, is rush into the new manager and just jump for a mate for um. Uh, Allegri. Allegri, thank you. Mm. Uh, just because it's available. Or for God forbid, Mourinho, because he's available. No, we need to get the right person, and, the, and I'm I'm 99 sure that the right person is currently employed. I don't know who that is, by the way. I'm just saying. Well, I'm, people are going to be employed, aren't they? And I, you need to, yeah, he's managing. He's managing Liverpool. Well, yeah. And if Wenger left left after winning the FA Cup, Klopp would be our manager. Um, I I'm I tell you what I'm 100% sure about, and I don't mean to offend anybody. I, I'm 100% sure that Mourinho is the wrong manager for Arsenal. Oh, definitely. 100%. Hands down. I wouldn't want that. I wouldn't want him in the club. And, and like I said earlier, I don't think he would join us anyway because he he would be the head coach. Not a manager. Mm. He'd mm. have no say over incomings and outgoings, and he needs uh, hundreds of millions of pounds to succeed in any job that he's going to anyway nowadays. Um, so fingers crossed on that one. 
<laughs> now, uh, Ryan, you're obviously you've come on um, on the show. What mm. have you sort of um, mostly thought about this last week within sort of the Arsenal family, everything that's been going on? I mean, is there anything else apart from the Sheffield United game, maybe? Or if not, what, what do you think? What, uh, well, I think you've already touched on Xhaka. And that, and I've, touched it on my ch- I've touched it on my channel before. It's like, even the, you know, I said it on Monday, amongst my rent, but even the club don't know who appointed him as a captain because players and all that are saying it's them that they voted him and then literally they, they put a, the club itself put a statement out and they said in the wording the exact wording was why Unai picked him mm. but hang on words the players that picked him mm. so they can't they don't even know what they, no one knows what's what then it's it's no, no. so it's so frustrating and it's like <laughs> since he's made it's now because he's Definitely now a club captain. He's undroppable. Yeah, he got he gets subbed off. It's the he worst. gets subbed off every now and then. But he's undroppable. He's undroppable. No matter what he does. For me, it's the worst kept secret. Yeah, that player vote was to see what one of mm. Unai Emery's five captains. It wasn't, all right, whoever wins this is the captain. All right? Yeah. Uh, no way you will ever convince me unless the player comes out and says that we took a vote and Shaka was rooted, uh, voted number one. It was just like two weeks before that, Shaka was blaming the forwards for a loss. That's not a captain. Yeah. Well, apparently, it's um, quite difficult to believe that they all had a post-it note. They all wrote a name on there, stuck it on their forehead. <laughs> <laughs> and it just, everyone said Shaka. <laughs> I need to... I need to follow. Are you on Twitter, Stan? I need to yeah, follow you. I follow you. Okay. It was Holding, wasn't it? It was um, Holding that said it. Holding, yeah, the the Holding didn't say he was voted number one. Holding just said there was a vote, and we all got yeah. excited. Yeah. No, they might have been talking about Brexit. <laughs> <laughs> well, God, oh, bloody hell. Don't even start going down that Nah. But, um, I, don't, I don't know what's more depressing, Brexit or Arsenal. I mean, to be perfectly honest, I, if regard, if you put it against Brexit, I, I would, I would, oh, I would marry Emery over this Brexit situation. That's how much I hate Brexit. I thought you were going to say that you'd marry Brexit over Boris Johnson. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no. I, I, I'd rather marry Boris Johnson than Emery, though, to be perfectly honest. Oh, crap. Guys, guys, I got to go. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No I got to go. Uh, Ryan, I'll see you soon, I'm sure. Stan, yeah. it was a pleasure meeting you. Uh, Andrew, I'll see you soon. Uh, take it easy, guys. I'm sorry I can't stay for the whole show. No problem, mate. I'm, well, we're going to be uh, sort of uh, winding down now anyway. So, yeah, uh, thanks a lot, Glenn. And I'll back, see you take it. Yes, see you next week. Take it easy, guys. Thank you, but yeah, I don't open that uh, wormhole about Brexit because oh, the, the, one of my pet hates is those. I don't know what they call them. There's a word for it, but when you put Brexit? two words together to make one, <laughs> what did you say? I said you said Idiots. the word for it. I said look, wankers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, when you when you blend when this this new thing about blending two words together when it all started with like Brangelina and oh, right, yeah. Yeah. Brexit Brexit in itself is the most annoying. It's not even yeah. a word, is it? Really, it's a made-up word. But that's that annoys the hell out of me. <laughs> but yeah, we're going to have to start winding down anyway soon, guys. But um, yeah, w- go back to what you were talking about before, um, right? What um, 
I mean, we'll move on from from Jacker. But one thing that really annoys me as well is his not just Jacker, but his overall stubbornness to mm. play players or not play players in the case as the case may be out of position or mm. not at all. And and the biggest one there is obviously is Torreira, and he went off on the international break, and he was man of the match for Uruguay, uh, sitting in front of the back four. Funnily enough. Mm. And, why do you, why is it do you think that he think what do you think that Emery sees in him that makes oh yeah you make a cracking number ten when we've actually got Mesut Ozil that's not even in the squad earning three hundred and fifty grand a week oh no oh don't worry Ozil sit down you know you carry on playing Fortnite I've got Torreira over here he can take your role what, what oh, honestly I have no idea no I've been a long advocate this format with this formation obviously you can only play one DM and the only DM that's a match. It can play that role is Herrera. I don't get why he. Zaka isn't a, he isn't a bloody CDM full stop. We all know that. But for some bizarre reason, you play you're playing in there. You play, play Herrera, who's arguably the best player. When we were playing, when we first came, you played that four-two-three-one formation. Four things like injuries and all that came along. And Herrera was playing it as a DM, and that's what you've got. That's why we we're getting the best out of him. This 4-3-3 doesn't work for Torreira in the sense of if you're necessarily playing in that middle of the three, it ain't working. And it also, any midfielder Xhaka in at Arsenal, he's the weak link, but he's somehow he's our club captain. I'll leave it to you, Stan. What do you, what's your thoughts on that? Um, when the club was going to buy Lucas Torreira, that was the board, a board pick. You know, like the board wanted to buy that, buy him. As I understand it, the person that Unai Emery wanted to buy and play in that position was Stephen Nzonzi. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the build of Stephen Nzonzi, he's quite a beast in his stature. He's quite a tall guy. It's quite a bit of a lump if you compare him to someone like Lucas Torreira. And the reason that he plays Xhaka, I think, at the tip of that, in, well, in that role as the central defensive midfielder, it's purely because he likes a guy of that stature and size to be in that role. And I think that he finds someone like Lucas Torreira too small, too diminutive to be a central defensive midfielder, which mm. is bullshit because you only have to look at uh, Encanto. He's not the biggest lump in the yeah. world and he plays fine in that position. And I think that is where the problem lies is that we've got a head coach who wants to be a manager and some of the tools that he's being provided with, he's dismissing them. So he only plays Jack, he only brings on Lucas Torreira to give somebody a rest. He only plays him in the cup games. And when he does play him, he plays him on the right of a diamond or he's playing him as a 10. And I know that he did play a 10 when he was like a young lad, but that was ages ago. Mm. So mm. that's why I think he, we're not seeing Torreira in, in that natural CDM role and why he's sticking with Xhaka week in, week out. And it's up to him whether he wants to keep doing that, but his contract is up for scrutiny. And Granite Jack is going to end up being a heel that Unai Emery dies on, you know, as far as I'm concerned. I think so as well. I, yeah. th- I think he's making yeah. the rope for his own back. And the fact that he's playing Torreira, I don't know, I'm obviously reading too much into it, but the fact that he, when he does bring Torreira on, it's in like a number 10 push forward role and he's not playing as he's leaving him out the whole squad entirely. <laughs> it just seems weird, doesn't it? Oh yeah, I've got play Torreira in in what that you bought for me that I didn't want as a number ten, and we'll leave Mesut Ozil out. 
it just, it's just mm. like, he, he wouldn't put, I wouldn't put it past him because he, he seems like a really stubborn bloke. Well, even Danny Sabayas as well. Why wasn't he starting on that ball? We had, well, we had no creativity in that, that, start, that starting 45 minutes. And Danny comes on, but it's too late for him because literally too much Sheffield United have a 1-0 lead. Even, even if it was 0-0, they would have come out and done what they did and just sit back and protect what they had. I think he's, a, he's um, not a number 10 either. I think he's better in the in that Granite Xhaka role. He's, great. He's, a, he's a creative player. We, that's what I'm trying yeah, to say. Yeah, he's more than I think he's perfect for the uh, Granite Xhaka role, personally. Because mm. mm. he can do everything that Granite Xhaka can do, but he can also run and dribble with the ball. Mm. So, uh, he's much more mobile, obviously. However, I mean, the only issue, maybe, is that he is a little bit more of a... I don't know, a bit more of a, a maverick, you know, mm. whether you can trust him to stay there, you know, because he does sort of like to take off here, there and everywhere, doesn't he? But... I think he um, he's, he's only young still, and uh, he he uh, if he played him there, you know, he would learn that position to be. I think he could be you know top top class at it. I was reading an article and uh, Dennis Abbas was saying about you know that he understands that one of his problems in his play and something that he wants to work on is that he gets drawn to the ball quite a lot. Mm. So he gets pulled out of position because he's constantly trying to follow the ball, and you yeah. do see that a lot sometimes in his play. But at least he's aware of it. Yeah, exactly. That's that's good. That's a good thing. And he could have that coached out of him, couldn't he? He's a bit. Um, I don't know. He, I think it, it might have been again, like I mentioned earlier. I was listening to the Ask Cast. It might have even been on that. But they said that he likes to take the ball to players, and then and then move off rather than doing like a thirty-yard pass. He likes to dribble the ball to them, like the Spanish way of playing football, the tiki-taka type of yeah. football. And that's he's got to learn uh, about that as well. But it, he's had less than ten games in the Premier League so far, and I think he's. I, I really like the guy. And um, some people aren't keen on us buying him already, and I just think that's strange. Personally, you know, it's ten games. Well, not even that, is he? That he's had. In in the same token, I would say that you know he's only had ten games. Let's not rush out and, and put a bid in for him yet. Oh no, no. I want no, to see no, a bit no. more. I want to see more of him. Oh, we can't yet. Yeah. We wouldn't couldn't anyway, I don't think, even if we wanted to. But no, I totally agree with that as well. But yeah, just, just at the moment, I, I really like the guy and I love his passion. And that's that um is infectious as well for the rest of the team, in my opinion. But anyway, we're gonna have to start um sort of uh coming to an end now, anyway. But um, is there anything else you just want to add before we uh, before we end the episode, guys? I'd like to know what people's thoughts are. We've got a game tomorrow in the Europa League. We haven't really touched on. I mean, I know nothing about the team that we're going to play. I looked up before we came on just to see where they were in their league. They sat in fourth. Um, we're going to win six, five or six nil, aren't we? Like we yeah. always do. And then we'll play the same team that we played against Sheffield United on on Sunday, and we'll probably lose. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm mean, not being funny, but on, uh, I, they're the best games we've had all season. That and the uh, Carabao Cup, aren't they? They're the only games yeah. that you can realistically say it's been a thoroughly enjoyable watch. And yeah. I am looking forward to it, and because it is a bit of light relief from what's been going on in the Premier League. Well, those um, games so far have been the highlight of the season, haven't they? Those performances of the young with the young guns and those coming back from um, injury. Yeah, I, I was looking forward to the Europa League for that only reason this season, 
before everything you know um sort of properly kicked off i was still looking forward to it because of playing the youngsters and um it's very exciting to see what's coming through and uh you know keep keep tabs on these players and i'm pleased that we've had so many come through to the first team that's one positive of this season and um yeah they have been really really good watches i've I've thoroughly enjoyed every game we've played in in the europa league and the carabao cup so far and i've got no doubt we're going to put in a good performance again tomorrow and i just i just i just can't Again, I'm not going to go back onto it, but I just you, you do it does make you wonder why you think. Well, maybe I should just give the t- the team a try in the Premier League. Just see what happens. You know, mm. it's Crystal Palace. Palace. Just what's the worst that could happen? You know, we, we could lose to Sheffield United if that's the worst that could happen. So at least, at least we will know one way or the other what it is that's going on. Is it because we haven't had certain players? is why we've had certain results or is it the way that they're being coached because you know if you've got a team fully firing with Bellerin and Tierney as the fullbacks and we've got holding in there you know we're going to see one way or the other what it is is it because the midfield still hasn't got a proper shape to it and Mm. other teams attackers are just able to walk through the midfield and then take on our defenders we'll know one way or the other yeah, and whether it's because they are, it's a team primarily, you know, full of young players who are trying to impress with that nervous energy and the confidence and uh, and they just run that extra yard, that little bit quicker, try that little bit harder, show that little bit more passion. And like you said, we have had um, Bellerin and Tierney in the team and uh, they are really important links. And Tierney was my favourite purchase of the summer, to be perfectly honest, and I was really looking forward to seeing him against uh, Sheffield United. Gutted that he didn't play. And now, like you said earlier, Stan, I'm a little bit worried that it's going to be a case now whereby he's not going to be in the Premier League team for several weeks uh, because of only playing him in the Cups and then not having enough rest between then and the next league game. Uh, We could be stuck in a state of perpetual motion, couldn't we, there? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that is a concern to be perfectly honest but it has been fantastic watching I can't deny that you know um, in the Europa League what's your predictions for it boys <laughs> I, I'm going to say 5-0 I'm going to be bold to say it straight away 5-0 and I think it's going to be a couple so. more goals for Martinelli I think if we go out and we take we, we kind of go out like we did in the last the, the, the last uh, European game with the same kind of intent, the same kind of, uh, you know, like the way the passion that Martin, Martin had, Martinelli had in his game. If we go out there in the same sort of kind of um, mould, then yeah, I think we could be four or five goals, hopefully. Mm. Hopefully. I, I, I think so as well. But you, right? I reckon six and Martinelli hat trick, just because of how, how he's playing in that competition and how he's playing in the cup games in general. Do you mm. think Pepe's going to play in that game and he's going to be gradually phased out of the league or do you think he's going to be rested and then put back in again on Sunday? I That's think he'll be rested. Personally. I personally... Sorry, Ryan. I sorry, I, 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 sorry, I personally think he should play him in now the Europa League and Cup games and, he's, and then build, a, build his confidence in them competitions and then lose him back in to the league, Premier League teams because obviously rushing him in the way he has hasn't worked. He was, he was our, our fan player. base. Yeah, with our, you, you, you wouldn't believe that it's into our fan base on Monday and yesterday. 
He was our best player. All because, he, all, all because he missed one. He missed one opportunity, which anyone would miss. They all have a meltdown. Yet, literally twenty-four hours later, Ronaldo had the exact same thing. Nothing said because it's Ronaldo. He was, he looked electric against Sheffield United. He's the only one that was showing a lot of spark out of our forward players. And um, yeah, of course he should have scored that goal. Of course, everyone knows that. But that is all down to confidence. All down to yeah, confidence. That could have come off his knee and gone yeah. into the net, and that would have made a massive difference. I was so gutted for him. I was more more gutted for him with that miss than I was for the team overall. To be perfectly honest, at that point, he I really wanted, really he wanted to. Seems, um, so reluctant to do anything with his right foot. But there's loads of players like that. Yeah, I know. It, it, but there's loads of players like that that are very, very one-footed. And I don't know. I just, I've got a really good feeling about the guy that he's going to go on to good things. Uh, but he's got a five-year contract. Let's not forget that. And again, same with Ceballos. He's, he's, he's had less than... Well, I've to think he's only had six starts, Pepe. Or seven, maybe. Six or seven starts. Six or seven, yeah. Give or take. Mm. So, yeah, give him a chance. Anyway, been an absolute pleasure, guys, to have you on. Thanks for coming on, Stan. I really, really enjoyed it. I hope you have. And I hope we don't... Uh, have to wait too long for you to come on again. Not at all. Thank you very much for inviting me on, Andrew. Um, enjoyed chatting to you. Yeah, likewise. And also, as well, nice to meet you as well, Ryan. And vice versa, Stan. Ryan, tell uh, Stan quickly how he and everyone else can watch your channel and, and uh, follow you on Twitter. Uh, my Twitter is the Mister is my Twitter is at Mister Arsenal eight nine, and my Twitter my uh, podcast on YouTube is. The Mr. Arsenal podcast, basically, and it's pretty much every other day I'm putting out videos, either previews or reviews. The reviews are literally out either on the night itself, or the mat after the match, or the day after, with mm-hmm. like yourself and others, like Glenn, Kenny, Ken, Sam, James Rowe. It's a mixture every time. It's not not just like the familiar faces you're used to. Yeah, and I can highly recommend it. And uh, sorry, Stan, how can people follow you on Twitter? Um, I'm at Stan the Man 450. I don't really have um, I don't really have much of a big presence on Twitter. But if you want to come and watch our after game reaction videos uh, called Gooners in Vancouver, after every match um, we put up a little reaction video, and you can find those videos on Sunny TV Unfiltered's uh, YouTube channel. So come by, uh, watch the videos, and but let us know what you think. Whether you agree with what we're saying or whether you disagree with what we're saying put something down in the chat box because we want to hear what everyone's thoughts are. Brilliant. I'll definitely be doing that next time. I'll keep uh, an eye out for that. It's been fantastic. So thanks ever so much um, for watching. If you haven't already, please subscribe, like, share with your friends and uh, look forward to seeing you all on the next episode every Wednesday, 7pm. Take care all. Thank you. Take care. Good night. Thanks very much for listening. We really do appreciate each and every one of you. We really need your help to spread the word about From Dar Square to Where. So if you haven't done so already, please give us a five-star review on iTunes and Spotify. Subscribe to the From Dar Square to Where YouTube channel and hit the notification button so you never miss a live show. 
And finally, please tune in to the live shows. Don't forget, you can get the chance every week to be the star alongside Andrew and his great guests just for being the most entertaining viewer on the night. Thanks again and see you on the next episode. Bye!